please bear in mind that this episode of Ale with Angel was recorded prior to February 10th, 2021, when Charisma Carpenter bravely outed Joss Whedon's abusive nature on the set of Angel and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Therefore, our response to this episode does not in any way reflect our changed perspectives of the hardships endured, and in no way condones this abusive behavior. A couple hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. You're telling me you're an investigator? More or less. Today, because of your curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. I'm not a teen. I'm your boss. Or else you might feel a moment of true happiness. You got already an addiction to the brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of it, where I was nearly tortured to death. Becoming built again. Your demon hunter. Rogue demon hunter. And kill everyone. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Thanks, Cornelia. Hello and welcome to Ale with Angel. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Today we are reviewing Season 1, Episode 20, Warzone. Warzone. Hey Josh. Yes Rex? War. What is it good for? War is hell. Or something. You were supposed to say absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing! And I was going to reply with, unfortunately, it sometimes boosts the economy. <laughs> Only sometimes? <laughs> well, if you're a horribly evil capitalistic society, it does. Yeah, more like our fucking economy is built on it. Yeah. On to happier note. Yeah, so today on Ale with Angel, uh, you know, among other things, besides Diet Gosling's Ginger Beer... And decaf coffee with some Carolyn's Irish cream, the poor man's Irish cream. <laughs> I'm also drinking Slow Press Cabernet Sauvignon, California Vintage 2018. <laughs> the good stuff. Let's see here. I found it on sale. It was on one of the displays in the aisle. And I was I was tired of Josh wine. Not that I was tired of me, but also just for shits and giggles. I went ahead and I looked up a, a list of wine reviewing terms <laughs> and I realized, holy hell, I've gotten myself in way deeper than I'm ever actually going to be able to handle. So I'm just going to, I'm going to let you hear it just because that's a fun noise, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that make you want some wine? Mm. <laughs> I think these grapes have gone bad. <laughs> So, you know, I'm going to swirl it around, let it open up a little bit, get a get a whiff of the aroma. Oh, that's that has that's gone bad. <laughs> <laughs> Does it smell a little fermented? I uh, slightly. Sli I'm going to pick out my favorite my f I was reading the word chocolatey while I said that. <laughs> I'm going to pick out a couple couple of my favorite terms here and see if I can apply it somehow <laughs> randomly. Cloying. <laughs> Let's see how this <laughs> How does this wine hold up to cloying? A wine with a <laughs> sticky or sickly sweet character that is not balanced with acidity. Um, you know, here, let me give it a taste real quick. No, it does not suffer from that. That's good. <laughs> Dirty. A wine with off flavors and aromas that most likely resulted from poor hygiene during the fermentation or bottling process. Hmm. Uh, Josh, did your wine shower as needed? I hope so. <laughs> but, it, you know, it does kind of taste like it was processed by Lucille Ball's feet. <laughs> oh, God. Just a little bit, you know? 
<laughs> Flabby. Slightly lacking in a sense of acidity. You know, no, I definitely feel like I'm going to wake up with a burning sensation later. I, <laughs> I would not call this a flabby wine. <laughs> How about Foxy? Foxy. Foxy. I cannot hear that song without seeing Garth dance. That's exactly what I'm picturing, too. You know. So anyway. Come, baby. Come and Coming to get you. Get you. <laughs> the musty odor and flavor of wines made from Vitis Labrusca grapes native to North America. Usually something <laughs> undesirable. Well, All right. I should hardly know. All right. We got other shit to do on this agenda. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, more wine terms next week, guys. <laughs> as I very, very slowly teach myself to review wine here on Ale with Angel. <laughs> It's going to be painful. I promise. You say that like it isn't already. <laughs> well, that's, that's the idea, though. Well, what's next on the agenda, Rex? Next on the agenda, we have cat naming services. We have a cat to name. Yes. we got to name ourselves a little furry doodle-doo. Cat naming services purchased by Holly Halfman. One of our regular Patreon supporters. Yes. Well, fuck a doodle-doo, Holly Halfman. We're going to name your doodle-doo, but we're not going to fuck it because that's rude. Yeah. And that's... kind of cruel to cats. Very. Our cats doodle-doos. I don't know. I'm still trying <laughs> to figure it out. I don't think they are. I don't think doodle-doos could maul you. Hmm. And cats are molly. They're kind of, kind of molly. Yeah. yeah. Molly, they, molly. They, they, come, they come with sharp parts. They do. Um, do you in. want to read the description of said cat? Sure. So this cat is orange-haired, about 12 years old, a long hair that gets everywhere, apparently. She loves to, she likes to hide in the basement because she's a scaredy cat. Her current name is Peaches. However, Holly Happen feels that is boring enough to warrant purchasing our cat naming services. Yes. Therefore, here we are. So... Without further ado, we shall do this as we always have. As the age-old tradition says. Yes. <laughs> like fucking gentlemen, we shall present our cat names, and then like fucking gentlemen, decide courteously and swiftly which one is the best. Checking our egos at the door, allowing no bullshit... Yes, yes, yes. Zero room for bullshit. Who's got the best cat name? Rex, why don't you go first? So I actually managed to do three names this time. Yay me. Woo! Um, they're not as clever as I would have liked, but we have the Fuzzinator. 3,000. <laughs> 3,000 sold it. Okay. <laughs> the Fuzzinator. Because Peaches, I get yeah. it. Okay. Peaches plus fur gets everywhere. Fuzzinator. Fuzzinator. Ah, I love it. Okay. Um, and, and a name that uh, seems kind of bland comparatively, uh, but has a good deep meaning behind it, is Ari. Mm. Um, and then the third one. No no last name? Just nope, Ari. Just Ari. Okay. A-U-R-I specifically. Okay. And then the third one, because I just kind of ran out of ideas... 
And this is a thrown together reference. Hey, that's improv, man. Sometimes you just got to go with something. Yeah. Make it happen. Uh, orange Screamsicle. Orange Screamsicle? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to do something creamsicle related as well, because orange and white cats always make me think of creamsicles, which are delicious. Also, the fur gets in your mouth. <laughs> yes. When you're eating a creamsicle? No. no. I think you're but, doing like, it wrong. If you own a cat, you're eating cat fur. That's true. Like, okay. It's just, that's law. <laughs> you're not wrong. It's in the contract you sign when you get it. <laughs> it's, in, it's in the cat tract. Yes. And now it's in your tract. Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, what what names do you got? I have Rich Auntie Peach Bags. <laughs> uh, second one is Princess Cremala Longfur. <laughs> Let me try that again. Princess Cremala Longfur. Nice. And the third one is the Classy Miss Claustrophasia. <laughs> really? That was my throwaway name. I like it. <laughs> okay. Okay, so... Um, Give us a brief reasoning yeah. or description of each of your so, names. So, Fuzzinator 3000 is pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, we cover, kind of covered that one. Um, orange Screamsicle is... It's an orange cat that's very Creamsicle-like and afraid, so, you know, Screamsicle. Okay, that's yeah. where the screaming's coming yeah. from. Gotcha. And, okay, so the deeper pull is Ari. Yeah. Uh, my favorite book ever is called The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. Okay. It is one that I have wanted to try and get you to read for the longest time, but the third book in the series isn't out, and this, the second book came out in 2011. Yikes. Yeah. We're all patiently waiting. Well, but... I'm, I'm nearly done with Bands of Morning, so I'm, I'm going to be on the market for something else soon. So uh, Ari is a character that shows up in, in the story. Uh, she's a side character that the main character meets, and they're at a university. This university deals with magic and everything, and there's this trend that some people who learn how to do magic kind of get cracked in the head, mm -hmm. and like they just lose their shit because you're messing with powerful forces and you're teaching your brain to work in weird ways and like some people lose their mind. And he encounters this girl. He befriends her. And he names her Ari. She's very timid and, and kind of afraid of things, agoraphobic. And she lives in what's called the underground, which are these, like, caverns and sewers and stuff under the university. A basement-dwelling scaredy-cat. Yes. There it is. Ari. From yep. what book again? Uh, Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. There it is. Okay. And those are your three names. Sorry. Yes. So, Rich Auntie Peachbags, because... Soon as I think of peaches, I think millions of peaches, peaches for me, <laughs> millions of peaches, peaches for free, and then I'm like, by the mm. president of the United States, or the presidents of the United States. What? That's the band, the presidents of the United oh, States. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what the fuck does that have to do with and anything? It's the only song they've ever done that you've heard, probably. Uh, probably, yeah. They're <laughs> apparently a one-hit wonder. I'm learning this just now. Um, <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> so anyway, obviously millions there immediately your brain goes to money millions of peaches rich auntie peach bags and she Be is an older cat there you go yeah and she's a girl so we couldn't do rich uncle peach bags yeah. went with auntie instead because i am in fact classifying your cat by its genitalia i'm almost sorry i'm a little <laughs> bit sorry but there it is you, you, you order cat naming services you get what you get 
<laughs> so Princess Cremola Longfur. Obviously Longfur. I was just going for something that fits the creamsicle theme. Yeah. There it is. Cremola. I tried to figure something out. I <laughs> tried just punching like a creamsicle into like a French translator. It didn't come up with anything interesting. I can't imagine that. Uh, and Princess, because it's a girl. Again, genitalia coding. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Last one, the classy Miss Claustrophusia. I'm glad you enjoy that. I just wanted something to do with being scared of being in a basement. You type in fear of basements and it just says claustrophobia. So I'm like, oh, fuck it. Claustrophusia is funny. And classy Miss Claustrophusia. You know, I just, you got to have something. It can't just be claustrophusia. So there you go. And I wanted, so, some, I wanted some alliteration. So the classy... Yeah miss yeah no i i like it thank you that's i'm gonna actually give my vote to your throwaway name <laughs> okay fine claustrofuzzy is a good uh, that's a good phrase all right i, I like the feel the mouth feel the of mouth the feel yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh that's another term i didn't get to say about my wine what's the mouth feel here hmm wet is it is it moist feels like wine um <laughs> Maybe a little dry. Yeah. I like that about wine, though. It gives, anyway, gives you that. You have you have a name to vote for. Where it's it's very that's, tart. That's what I don't like about anyway, wine. Anyway, I have to pick one of your yes. names. So, okay. I got to go with Ari then because that's my, my second choice would be Fuzzinator 3000. I have a proposal. <laughs> okay. What do you think about adding your claustrophasia as a, the surname to Ari? I love that. <laughs> I am totally on board with that. There we go. Team effort. Ari Claustrofuzzia. There you go. There's your new cat name. The classy Miss Ari Claustrofuzzia. I love it. We Everybody wins. <laughs> everybody wins. Like fucking gentlemen. <laughs> Excellent. Hot diggity. I'll drink to that. Exactly. Hmm. Still very dry. All right. Now it's on to... The most important thing, executive producers. Oh, yeah. The people who literally make our show possible. Yeah. All you fancy little doodle-doos out there, <laughs> donating your fancy little doodle-doo money to our podcast. You know, you, if you keep going on and on about fucking doodle-doos, you can't just start calling everything and everyone doodle-doos. I'm going to do it until something does <laughs> not cry out, hey, I'm not a doodle-doo. <laughs> I'd prefer it if you stopped saying fuck a doodle do. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going until I offend the doodle doos and thusly I will know what a doodle do is. <laughs> there, see? See my logic? So you're waiting for the doodle doos to speak up and say, hey, I'm a doodle do and I say no. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Starting to get no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. I had to get an Ace Ventura reference in there somewhere. <laughs> so anyway, our executive producers on Patreon are Patrick JF, Holly Halfman, Scarlett Choi, Janella Lindauer, Simo Pinty, Meredith McCaslin, Rose Clark, C in quotes heaps, Andy Burgess, Kefro Gnome, Father DeFinistrato, Matthew Deburr. <laughs> It's about as easy to pronounce as Frebrary. <laughs> Kelly McAdams, Shuby Pathic, Jesse Rain, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you so much. Without you, this show literally cannot happen. Thank you, Turtle
Cheers! <laughs> so much. God. <laughs> For your generous, generous contributions. <laughs> to our podcast about Doodle Deuce. <laughs> all right. 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 We've really got to get to this. What? Nah. <sighs> can go on like this forever. <laughs> I know you can. <laughs> all right. Next on the agenda is a parental synopsis. Wow, that doesn't have anything to do with me. Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Oh, just lamenting my excruciating poverty, yet rejoicing that I'm not quite at rock bottom of the class ladder by sheer sake of white privilege. (laughs) But I gave you all the disadvantages you needed growing up to not have white privilege, you ingrate. (laughs) Yeah, that's not how that works, Dad. Oh, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and go marry someone rich. Wait, which is it? Logical impossibilities or social climbing? Which one worked best for you, Daddy? Hey, hey, at least I'm not a lazy criminal. Criminals aren't lazy, they're self-employed. They're ruining this neighborhood. All those dirty, street, trash, stupid... Wow, Dad, come on. Say it. You can say it. Hooligans! Get off my lawn! Get a job! (laughs) Yep, those damn kids. If only they weren't out there trying to live their lives, getting their blood sucked by corporate, I mean vampires, (laughs) with more resources and heavy advantages who will retaliate tenfold if they so much as attempt to stand up for themselves... Gosh, it almost reminds me of this episode of Angel called Warzone, where in the process of helping a billionaire not tarnish his poor whittle name publicly for partaking in underground sex trafficking, seemingly consensual sex workers at least, Angel accidentally catches the attention of a group of homeless teens led by Charles Gunn, who have learned to hunt vampires as a means of survival. Angel kind of sort of earns Gunn's trust by saving his sister's life, even as they attempt to slay him, and they let him go. Angel returns to take out the nest that's been causing them problems, but not before they suffer the loss of Gunn's sister during an ambush, turning her into a vampire. Gunn finds her and has to dust her. Then Angel defuses the situation by forcing a truce, which gets everyone home safely to fight another day rather than suffer more unnecessary casualties. Angel and Gunn have a heart-to-heart and seem to have earned each other's respect, setting up Gunn to be the newest member of the Scooby Gang L.A. chapter, the end. Scooby Gang L.A. chapter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. It's got a better ring to it. It does. I think. It does. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As soon as the sun goes down, down, down. So we open up the episode late at night on the cold, dark streets of L.A. How cold was it? Well, it's L.A., so not very. Not very, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how, how, how dark was it, though? It's also L.A., so not very. Yeah, well, damn. <laughs> 
right. But they are streets. Oh, damn. And it's nighttime. How streety were they? <laughs> very. Very streety. All right, that's something. <laughs> <laughs> they were so filled with concrete and asphalt. <laughs> we see a woman being followed by three guys. They're not being very subtle about it. No. They end up cornering her at a dead end, and uh, they immediately vamp out. Yeah. And then we hear someone walking up. Someone there to save the day. Some sort of dark Avenger of sorts. A long-coated Avenger of doom. Only, it's not who we expected. So they pan from the feet up. We see some... Dark boots, long coat, tip of a sword. It must be Angel. It must be. But it is not. The lead vampire turns to the cameras like, you. And who is it other than the beginning of the Scooby Gang 3.0 LA chapter? Fuck it. It's time to drop the fucking starter kit training wheels here, guys. Yeah. No more 2.0, no more 2.1. We finally got a new fucking character. Yep. That they may or may not kill in nine episodes. Who remembers? I don't. Let's find <laughs> out. Wouldn't it have been amazing if every time they got us attached to a new character that wasn't introduced on Buffy, they die in exactly nine episodes? <laughs> every time. The only people that survive had to have been on Buffy first. Somebody needs to fucking <laughs> tell that to Joss Whedon. <laughs> Because he would get a kick out of doing a show like that. Oh, he'd have loved it. <laughs> Nine episodes exactly. Let's see how long it takes before people catch on. <laughs> we gotta watch the episode tonight. Someone's gonna die. <laughs> exactly. But it's not Angel. It's Charles fucking Gunn. We're gonna see a lot more of this fucker. Yep. Uh, clearly the cinematographer wanted us to think it was Angel. But yep. the show is called Angel, after all. Who can be blamed for thinking it was going to be Angel? But they went ahead and they subverted the shit out of us. They did. And, them. and more importantly, though, Mr. Gunn is not alone. No, he has friends. Several friends in a truck. Whom fuck off rather quickly, I presume. I don't recall seeing them after this episode, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I don't remember. And they've got themselves a post-apocalyptic looking truck with some giant ass stakes that are actually sharp on the front of it. Yes. Mounted to the hood. And they've all got crossbows and shit. And we got ourselves a regular vampire hunting team. Yeah. Crew, if you will. Gang. Gang. They're gang-like. Yeah. I wouldn't say terrorists. The government would classify them as terrorists. But Well, that's because they're led by a black man. <laughs> right? <laughs> but anyway... That's the scene. Opening sequence. Opening credits. Then we move to some rich dude's house. Yeah. This is fucking amazing. Nothing says American more than some good old obscene squandering of hordes of cash on frivolous party favors. Yep. And what could possibly impress Cordelia more? Not much. Angel Investigations, the three of them come in. They're obviously meant to be there for once. They're not crashing a party. Yeah, they've Good been on in, them. They've, they've been, been in, invited. Indeed they have. I got a quote almost immediately in this scene. Cordy's going on and on about, oh, she. <laughs> oh, I missed that smell. Wesley's like, camembert, I believe. I had to look up what camembert is. That's the second time in the Buffyverse that 
I had to look up a word because I didn't recognize it, and it turns out to be cheese. The other one being brie. Oh. Never heard of either of these types of cheese, but apparently they're both illegal and popular in California because they have to use unpasteurized milk to make it. Ah. Yeah. Well, no, she's talking about money. And then one of my quotes of the day here, Angel's response, because she's saying how much she loves the smell of money. Mm -hmm. She's not just saying that. Hide some in the office sometime to watch her. It's uncanny. (laughs) Just imagine her (laughs) huffing money. She would. (laughs) Jeez. But did you notice Wesley's wearing a suit that doesn't make him look like he's about to get eaten by an alligator in a hilarious way? I did. I know. He looks really good. Yeah. Go him. Like, there's no shoulder pads? (laughs) Yeah. He looks really good. It actually fits well. It's not way too baggy. It's not beige. Somebody finally talked to the costumer and was like, hey, just so you know, we're not in the 90s anymore. Can we dress this guy? <laughs> Stop putting him in random fucking carpet scraps. <laughs> like, did somebody just pick out some old curtains and give them to our costumer that was disgruntled? How? What? I bet, honestly, I bet it might be truly be that they didn't quite have a jacket his size and pants his pants were baggy as hell in a couple episodes as well yeah yeah it just it took him a minute to start getting his costume his wardrobe in maybe they needed his personality to to flesh out and then they're like oh okay now we can dress now we can make him look respectable (laughs) you know honestly that wouldn't surprise me right um costumers have a habit of thinking that uh Oh, God, that's going to come out really, (laughs) really rude. A lot of times, costumers think that other people are putting as much thought into their costumes as they are, which, personally, no, I don't think so. But, (laughs) you know, costumers do put a lot of thought into why a character is wearing what they're wearing. And it's very possible that that's what they were doing with his tan, baggy, bad suits. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, you're probably right on that. So the... uh the team is here to meet Mr. Nabbit. David Nabbit the rabbit. He's not a rabbit. He's a human. Yeah, but wouldn't that be the perfect nickname for David Nabbit? Yeah. David Nabbit the rabbit. Hey. And he'd be like, hello. How are you today? <laughs> That's actually a decent impression. <laughs> I appreciate that you've given me a nickname. <laughs> um. No, he's a very, very awkward tech billionaire. Yeah. Um, and he is being blackmailed. Oh, no. Don't blackmail the rich man. Well, that's a shitty way to introduce Gun to us. Christ, you bring one black man onto the show and there's already some fucking billionaire white man that's got a problem with it. God. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so he's being blackmailed and we get a, a lovely little exchange here that like, it's not particularly that funny, but it cracked me the hell up. Oh, I was, I think we're thinking the same one here. So David says to to Angel, he's uh, he goes, are you familiar with Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, I've seen a few. Wesley chimes in, uh, you mean the role-playing game? 
Oh, oh, a game. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Fuck, no, dude. That, this episode had me rolling in several places, and that was one of them. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I've seen a few, and I'm like, ah, because he actually has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not what he means. That's actually. amazing. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, so turns out David Rabbit or Nabbit, his, his friend is missing, Dag Nabbit, because <laughs> he found a real-life demon brothel. Because he just loved Dungeons and Dragons so much that he needed to go find some actual demons to have sex with. Because he was a pent-up nerd. And he's only been there, like, the once. Maybe twice. Maybe twice. No more than 12, 10, 11, 13. Yeah. You know. A dozen. Maybe. Exactly 12 times. (laughs) (laughs) So Angel promises... I didn't correctly understand at the moment when I was watching this what the problem is here. I thought that he gave his... So David gives Angel this picture of Lenny Edwards. He said, well, I can't find him now. And I'm like, oh, he lost his friend. They kidnapped or killed his friend. Shit, that's not good. Turns out that's (laughs) not really what's going on. No. Apparently, Lenny is actively blackmailing him for being a rich, famous person and going to a demon brothel. And he's got all these pictures, and that's why he needs to find Lenny. Yes. So I misunderstood that until much later. But, yeah, that's that's pretty much the, the whole gist setting up the plot. Yeah. Angel promises to look into it. <laughs> and I had another quote of the day, because this was another one of those literally laugh-out-loud moments. Also, amongst other things, Cordelia's like, yeah, so we'll just, you know, so that we don't look suspicious or anything, we'll just hang out at the party for a couple more hours. Cool. <laughs> I mean, I'd stay for free food and booze anyway. Right. And also, he doesn't fucking care. No. So why There's not? shit ton of other people that he knows less than he knows them. Live it up. You deserve it. But as they're about to part ways with David, um, this lady's like, Let's see you later, David. And he's like, okay, nice seeing you again. Looks back at Wes Cordian Angel and he's like, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> no idea who that no is. No idea who that is. And I just thought that was hilarious because I've done that more than once. I mean, I like to think I'm slightly more socially competent than this guy, but I have moments where I wonder. (laughs) Right? Uh, I think we all have moments where we wonder. (laughs) Oh, you mean about your social competence? Specifically Specifically, about my social. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to not take it personally, and then you're like, oh, no, no, no. Personally. No, yeah. You. Yes. Damn it. <laughs> so, so there was a lovely transitional line out of this scene. Nabbit's like, when I moved to LA, I thought it was all glamour and valet parking. But there's this whole world here that no one ever sees. Angel's like, more than one. Yep. <laughs> I don't want to share my feelings. I don't want to open up. I want to find the guy that killed Tina. And I want to look him in the eye. Then what? Then I'm going to share my feelings. Cut to the gang fighting vampires. Yeah. Down to the alleyway. Rather good juxtaposition, I dare say. Yes. Uh, Some people getting thrown around. Some vampires getting staked. Big stinky Uh, cheese fight. My favorite part is they have this really badass fucking 
gun mounted to their truck that shoots wooden stakes. It's a Gatling stake gun. It wasn't a Gatling gun because I, I caught them reloading it a couple of yeah, times. It would have to spin, sure. But, you know. It shows this thing firing wooden stakes through vampires. Oh, like they went thro- through. Through their hearts. Not just into their hearts. Through them. I didn't quite catch that, but okay. I mean, no, the one... was fucking the, sweet. The one that hits Angel later doesn't quite go through, but okay, I'll take your word for it. Well, it hit his shoulder blade, that's why. Oh, that's... Well, yeah, because once you dust a vampire, unless Buffy is still holding it, it also dusts. Yeah. If you recall. But yeah, it's still a badass fucking stake cannon. It is. And then there's there's so much shit going on here. People throwing people everywhere. People getting staked. Or vampires getting staked. Looks like they even lose a couple of, their, of the humans yeah. in this fight. One dude fight. gets his neck broke. Yeah. Um, and then another vampire jumps up onto the truck and gets at the guy who was manning the gun. And that turns out to be Bobby, I was going to yep. say, most notably, um, who at the end of this is slumped over the side of the truck, of the bed of the truck. And uh, they... GT the fuck out of there, back to their abandoned building, back to their lovely rent-free humble abode. So, we're down in this grimy, very Half-Life 2-looking underground facility, but it's really just an abandoned building. Yep. It's where they live, and Bobby's not doing well. And Alana, which is Gunn's sister, is holding Bobby in her arms, and uh, she's like, we need to get him to a hospital, and Gunn's like, you can tell he's like, it's too late for that shit. And he dies right there in Alana's arms. He was very much traumatized from the event regardless because he was like, he threw me like I was a baby. His last two fucking lines cracked me the hell up because he, he's like, he picked me up like I was a baby. I'm not a baby. I'm not a baby. <laughs> it was like, supposed to be dramatic, Rex, not hilarious. It was not, though. I, I got what like, they were going for, but it was still a little funny. It was a little funny. Uh, <laughs> the kid's last words were, I'm not a I'm baby. I'm not a baby. <laughs> it sucks. It's really sad. It's sad last it's words. sad, but funny sad <laughs> also. So, I mean, that it, I guess that is better last words than, hey, watch this. <laughs> what? It's, what's that from? Every stupid guy who ever thought, hey, guys, watch what I'm about to oh, do. Oh, okay. And then got killed because they did something stupid. Gotcha. That makes much more sense. Anyway, so Gunn, he looks like he's pissed and he's about ready to get some revenge. Oh, yeah. He wants that sweet, sweet sweet revenge. Sweet, sweet revenge. And cans of peaches, apparently, because he now turns his attention to rations. Yes. One mustn't go into battle on an empty stomach. And makes it known that, uh, because his his right-hand man, Chain, is like, we got some squatters over here. I told him we don't take squatters. And Gunn's like, everybody eats. I'm like, whoa, okay, all right, you're the boss. Yeah, yeah. Good on him, though. Definitely. Like, you know, they're they're fighting the good fight down here. Also, if nothing else, they just lost some people. They need to build up their ranks. Right. Yeah. Like, so they're taking care of their own. They're making sure that the hungry get fed and the homeless have a place to stay. That's yep. you know relatively dry or something. It's not the greatest of facilities, but it's better than sleeping on the street. I it's guess. Out of the weather. Yeah. So that's that. Cut to Madame Dorian's The Demon Brothel. Yes, where Angel does a shakedown. <laughs> Duh, brothel. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> it really w- does not work. Oh, come on. 
It'll work for every time we are, that we're back in a brothel. <laughs> That's going to be the regular hangout now, isn't it? No. I don't know. I really don't think it... I think they really liked Angel I here. mean, I can't say I wouldn't regularly hang out there. <laughs> There's some gorgeous, gorgeous demons. Oh, dear. Anyway, yeah. so... They don't take vampires, but Angel leverages their desire to keep a reputation as properly discreet by showing the madam, Madam Dorian, I presume, Jeez. this picture of Lenny Edwards, which Nabbit's the Rabbit gave to him to, you know, track down Lenny Edwards. And she's immediately like, Lena, Lena, <laughs> Lena, Lena, what? <laughs> Danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn it, you had to take it there, didn't you? <laughs> I did. Oh. Please tell me you actually get the reference. I get the reference. Oh thank God. Okay, man, I thought I was gonna be performing to crickets on that one. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Fucking cat. Every time he gets off my lap, he has to swat me in the face with his goddamn tail. Edgar, you Bastard, don't ever stop. I love you. So Lena comes out of her room. Yeah, she she immediately assumes that Angel is a client and not a, you know, shadowy, broody detective. Right. Which, you know, hey, she's there to work. Yeah. Got to make money. She's doing her job. Good for her. But uh, got to eat to live. Got to steal to eat. Or, you know, in this case, fuck. Otherwise, we'd get along. Wrong. Yeah. Doodly, doodly, doodly. Let's not get sued by Disney. <laughs> yes. Because uh, they will fuck us. They will. <laughs> and boy, they could. So that's all right. It wasn't nearly the amount of measures that's not legally allowed. Right. So <laughs> Angel, uh, uh, quote of the day here, Lena's like, mm, he's pretty cute. Oh, he's a vampire. Yeah, I could make an exception. She's like, look, Ma, no hands. <laughs> and the as she's like rubbing up against Angel, uh, her back to his front. He makes a face implying that she's doing something to his googly region. <laughs> Without her hands. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh my, oh dear. Oh, oh. <laughs> Bring the chocolate sauce. <laughs> it's, it was gold. Yeah. he. I was like, I like her. He reaches down and pulls her tail up. <laughs> it's her tail. I didn't even notice she had a tail yeah. before that. Oh, it, it, was, had, it had a little poofy thing at the end of it, too. <laughs> it, did. it was great. Uh, but he ruins all her fun when he shows her the picture of the dude. And she's like, oh, vampires. Pooey. Yeah. Who can blame her? Right? Like, yeah. When it comes to vampires, the list of good ones is pretty short. Mm-hmm. Like, most of them suck. Yeah. I'd, I'd say pretty much all of them, with the exception of Angel and Spike. Yeah. And even Spike. Kind of a dick. No, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> That took ah. you too long. Ah. 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 I hate you so much. That's okay. <laughs> Cut to Gun's hideout. Yes, where Gun's sister is lecturing him about getting reckless, and he's getting too serious about the fight, and he wants blood. Blood. And death. And death. vengeance. Vengeance. <laughs> Keep saying things. Go on. <laughs> anyway, sounds like Gunn has a kind of an unhealthy viewpoint on death and grieving here. Yeah. Because Alana's like, what happened to Bobby? He's like, no, no, we don't talk about that. That's done. 
It's in the past. <laughs> we, we just needed Rafiki to run into the scene, bonk him on the head, and be like, what? It's in the past. <laughs> yeah, but it still hurts. Oh, yes, the past can hurt. But anyway, whatever. She's worried about him. She drops the thing about Bobby real quick. I guess neither of them really cared too much about, ah, we lose people all the time. Move on. <laughs> but she's worried about Gunn. She's more worried about Gunn than she is grieving about Bobby. Yeah. And she thinks he's getting reckless and possibly suicidally so. And he makes her a promise that he can't in a million years keep, basically that he's never going to die. So, yeah, uh, Chain returns and... Because he had run off to chase down the vampires that they had chased off. Or at and least tracked down their location. Yeah, he, he tracked down where their nest is. Yeah. And they're like, oh, let's let's get ready to ride. We're going to go kill some vamps. Yeah. And then uh, a lookout comes down behind him and says, hey, there's one incoming. Jumping from rooftop to rooftop. I'm like, hmm. I wonder who that could be. That sounds familiar. At the moment, I honestly assumed that it was going to be one of the the nests that they tracked down, but no, no. I mean, come on, how many fucking creatures of the night travel rooftop to rooftop? I honestly couldn't say, but one that we know of. Yeah. Anyway, so Gun's like, we're going to go check it out, and we cut to outside where Angel intimidates Lenny Edwards into giving him the pictures of Nabbit. Yes. Angel finds a Lenny. <laughs> Lenny go down the hole. <laughs> well, not really, but right. So yeah. I didn't realize this is this is where I was like, oh, Lenny's a bad guy. He's not missing, and David's trying to find him. He's a dick. Okay, yeah, super dick. But Angel knows how to deal with these sorts of jerks. He scares the bejesus the out of them. Bejesus. I really like that word. The bejesus, cheesus. <laughs> poop and cheese it's everywhere that sounds uncomfortable like those are get the dip hard, those are like hard little crackers and square with sharp points yeah oh they're not dry anymore by any means <laughs> coming out of a human body okay moving on from that imagery <laughs> no so while angel is intimidating lenny gun in his his cohorts are watching from the distance and angel does the intimidation thing yeah he he does intimidation really well he, yes he, he I'm, really does lenny you better do what i want or i'm gonna do my intimidation to you and you are going to dislike it very much so uh, yeah so you know, get your get your shit and get it do it if, if you if you don't do it I'm going to get you. 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 It's like, ah, ah, don't, don't come get me. Don't do that. No. No. I, I don't want to be got. I don't like that. <laughs> I want to be not got. I want to stay not got. Can we, can, can I stay not? All right. I all like right. being over here where I'm not got. <laughs> you stay over there. I'll stay over here and I'll stay not got. And Gunn's watching all of this and he's like, I don't like it when people are being threatened that they're going to get got. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to get got because I'm going to get him before he gets him got. Hey, Gun, is he going to get got? <laughs> Chain, I think this guy's getting got. <laughs> we should we should not let him get got before this guy gets got him. <laughs> and so they did. Yeah. <laughs> they made a plan. 
Because now they're planning on uh, driving up to get Angel. They gotta get him got and gone. Yeah. A person needs certain designer things. You shouldn't be trying to eat my friend's brain. Hey, you're a vampire. So, cut back to Nabbit's place. Yes. So, Nabbit cuts Cordy and Wesley a jaw-droppingly large check because he's lonely. And they haven't even finished his case yet. No. Uh, fun fact, by the way, at this point I had looked... Because I couldn't remember what Nabbit's first name was. David. Um, And I didn't write it down, so I, I pulled it up on the wiki. And fun fact, David Nabbit, the actor's first name... I didn't get his last name, but his first name is also David. You know, they do that a lot in film. That's interesting. I just saw an ad on YouTube as I was pulling up my sleep meditation video before I go to bed. And this ad... Have you seen any of these ads? For Blue... I have YouTube Premium. I don't see ads. Oh, fuck. Anyway, it's this web service called Blue Something or Rather. And there's a series of these. And they say a name in a weird way. And this one, he was like, Scott! And not a lot of people can say this, but I recognized the actor playing Scott. Oh, really? Because I went to fucking college with him. <laughs> I've been in movies with him. <laughs> and plays. It's hilarious that you're inadvertently keeping track of his career. <laughs> I can't stop because he keeps getting really widely visible fucking gigs. He's had a billboard, com a complete billboard series of him done in France. Man, yeah, would... and it was an ad for sunglasses. It'd be very weird to see yourself on a billboard. I saw a picture of him looking at himself on a billboard. <laughs> it was kind of neat. Anyway, Scott Watson, look him up. I'm famous by proxy. Not really, but no, I, <laughs> no. I went to college with this guy, and I fucking see him in an ad just before I'm going to bed. I'm like, good for you, <laughs> fucking son of a... God damn, he's very talented, though. Right. He deserves it. He's also one of the nicest fucking guys I've ever met. Like, I legitimately cannot say that about very many people that I've worked with in theater. Him, though, he's great. Awesome. Um, I like hearing when people are actually, like, decent people. I know, right? So what did that What did that have to do with anything? Oh, right, this David Nabbit's yeah. name is David. But yeah, I just like it when, like, the people who are getting things and having good things happen to them are good people. Yeah. Like, that's, I'm grateful that it, that still happens in this world. Feels like it doesn't happen very often, though. No, it right? really doesn't. But, but speaking of good things happening to good people, someone got a big check. A very large check, indeed. Uh, it sounds like Cordelia may have just found herself a new husband. Yeah. So he writes this check and he thanks them for hanging out after the party and being friendly. And he hands him the check, and Cordy snatches it, and she goes, I'm in charge of the mama. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, shows the check to Wesley. Mm -hmm. And Cordy knows money. Yeah. When Cordy's falling over herself about money, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Well, and Wesley's like, are you sure about this? This is a lot of money. <laughs> and David's like, oh, well, I, I award good work. It's like, we're not even done doing anything. Like, we've barely started. But he yeah. wants to pay him lots of money. <laughs> you know what? I say he's a billionaire. Fucking take it. 
Absolutely. He's not fucking hurting for money. And that's basically what he says. He's like, yeah. guys, whatever. I I can't tell you how fucking lonely I am. Here, please take my money. A billionaire could spend more than I make in a year every day for his entire lifetime and never spend all like never spend the mass majority of his money. Yeah, it's an obscene amount of money. Yeah. So, but yeah, Cordy is uh, a little beside herself. And what what made her say the the feels good in the mouth line? What was the lead into that? She said something about thanking him, uh, Nabbit, and she says, "Oh, call me David." Oh yeah, and, and, then, and then he's. Then... It's one of my quotes of the day. She goes, "I like David. Such a strong masculine name. Feels good in your mouth." <laughs> yeah. Wesley actually reels it back in really yeah. well. He's like, well, you won't be disappointed. Uh, we'll earn every cent of your generous confidence in our firm. They say bye. Feels good in your mouth. I was flustered. <laughs> that was great. It was a really fun moment. Another one of those moments that just had me yep. guffawing. <laughs> so I'm guessing that this, because we, we go back to Angel with Lenny, and it must be that a, a whole day has passed. Yeah, because like, it was day just a moment ago, yeah. and now we're back on the street at nighttime, and so yeah, it must have been a full day. Yeah. Angel meets up with Lenny, and he's got the pictures with him, but also brought some demon muscle. Specifically, though, I wanted to mention that in the previous scene with Lenny, um, at the end of the scene, he celeritied out of there. Ninja vanish. Yep. And then he ninja arrives. <laughs> <laughs> ninja arrive. I wrote it that way, and I just wanted to say it that way, because it makes me a little bit happy inside. <laughs> Ninja, vanish. Hey, where'd he go? And Lenny's Ninja, like, arrive. Hey, I didn't see you there. <laughs> but Lenny's like, you're a really sneaky guy. <laughs> you don't know the half of it, Lenny. Mm-hmm. You don't know the half of it. He's super sneaky. So sneaky. He's a professional skulker. Yes. Indeed. I lurk. <laughs> he lurks on his girlfriends he skulks he's a lurky ledge boy <laughs> so anyway he's, he's met up with Lenny again and he's got the pictures this this time and I can't believe he actually brought the pictures but he also right. brought some demon muscle yeah um, if he was gonna bring demon muscle to kick Angel's ass why did he actually bring the pictures well I think he wanted a backup plan in case the demon didn't work out and it's a good thing he did yeah so Angel gets all scrappy and ends up snapping the demon's neck after a big scuffle, or a, a medium to small scuffle, really. I love the way he does this, because he's fighting with the demon, and Lenny's just kind of standing back going, ha ha ha, I got you now. Ah uh, ah uh, ah, uh, you didn't say the magic <laughs> word. The demon throws Angel, and Angel like directs the trajectory to crash into Lenny. Crashes into Lenny, they fall over the hood of the car. He swipes up the fucking photos out of Lenny's hand while that happens. And I thought he was going to use that moment to bolt with the pictures. And it, that's exactly what it looks like. But he, he runs, and he jumps and grabs a fucking light post or something. I think it was a street sign. Yeah, a street sign something and spins around and kicks the demon. Which was neat. Yeah. I I liked that. It was a little bit more fighting, but not much. And then he ends up snapping the demon's neck. And and Lenny does the smart thing and fucking runs away. Gets the flying fuck out of there. Because now that Angel has the photos, he doesn't need to eat Lenny. (laughs) 
and he's got no protection anymore. So yeah, Lenny's not dumped. Good for him. Get the fuck out of there. Yep. So before Angel can get up and be like, hey, where'd Lenny go? He gets impaled. Yeah, suddenly, out of nowhere, in the back, in the shoulder blade, which sounds like a really bad place to get stabbed. Yeah, especially with, like, if you look at where the stake hit him, it went through the bone. It went through some bone, definitely. <laughs> it's in the bone! It's in the it's bone! In the bone! <laughs> <laughs> so, so Angel's clearly in for more than he bargained for because he turns around to see the gun and his crew have shown up in their post-apocalyptic vampire hunting truck and it's time to do what Buffy couldn't. Nail him? Slay the fuck out of him. Oh, no, she nailed him. <laughs> You're right, she did. <laughs> she, she nailed him good. She nailed the soul right out of him. <laughs> she did. <laughs> but, uh, no, wait, turns out his charms also work on poverty-stricken minority street gangs. Yes. Yeah. He goes a-running. They, they basically run him to ground exactly where they want to run him to ground. Yeah, this was not a mistake. Their execution is... Just fucking phenomenal because he thinks he's getting away. He goes into a building under the, this fucking door that's open. Yep. And how convenient. Right. And he, he gets into this building and it's fucking filled with goddamn home alone traps. Booby traps all over the place. Gun was like, hey, Macaulay Culkin, nice to see you. Can you trap this warehouse for us? And Macaulay Culkin's <laughs> like, sure. I'm on it, boss. I'm all about that. I love trapping some things. Swings a paint can down some stairs into their face. <laughs> comically smashes his nose. Yes. <laughs> no, but really, there's like this, I want to say, bed springs with spikes coming out of it that yep. falls Drops down from, the ceiling, from yeah. the ceiling. That that would have fucking hurt like hell. It wouldn't have killed him, but it have pinned him there. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's fucking trip lines with crossbow that fire crossbow bolts and shit. All over the place. And it's like, all super fucking dark. You can't see shit. Well, I imagine a vampire's night vision is pretty good. Oh, yeah. But regardless, there's just shit tripping off all over the place. And he's dodging shit left and right. And they finally have him cornered. Yep. They think they have him at first, and they, they jump him. For some reason, they don't just fucking waste him immediately. Right. And then one of their booby traps almost kills Gunn's sister. First, Angel grabs a hold of her, and he has an arm around her neck, and that's when they hold off. And then he tosses her aside, and when he tosses her aside, she trips one of the traps. Right, okay. And then he stops the trap from killing her. It's a bolt, but yep. I couldn't tell if it was wooden or metal. It looked metal. It, yeah, it was metal, because he makes a comment about it not being able to kill him. After he pulls it out of his hand, he tosses it down. He's like, who's that going to kill? Right. Because he's a vampire. It's not going to do anything. Yeah, and obviously it nearly killed his sister. Yep. Gun's sister, anyway, Alana. And But his lightning-fast reflexes save her, and also he gets a really painful-looking... A defensive wound in his hand. Yeah. A big old, like, inch fucking diameter. Maybe not an inch. Half an inch diameter hole in his hand. More like a centimeter diameter, but... It's a bigger hole than I want in my hand, I'll tell you that much. Yes. I mean, any hole is bad. You're right. (laughs) That hole doesn't belong there. (laughs) No, sir, I don't like it. And then, at the end of the conversation, guns... They argue over it a bit... He's like, look, I'm better than them, or I'm not like a real vampire or something. And he's like, it don't matter why you're here or what you are. If you ever show your face down here again, don't count on any long goodbyes. And they let Angel go because he saved his sister's life. And I'm a little confused. 
Like, I think it matters yeah. very much what he is and why he's here. Otherwise, like, why the fuck did you just let him live? Yeah. It seems like really contrived that they didn't fucking shoot him with a hailstrom of wooden stakes the second they had him cornered. Yeah. If you've spent your whole life being hunted and hunting vampires, and one of them is like, no, I'm I'm a good vampire. I'm a good, I'm a friendly vampire, you guys. Don't hurt me. Okay, we won't. Twang. Yeah. You're dead now. Boom. Goodbye. And they yeah. never thought fucking twice about it. Exactly. Exactly. They, they didn't even think twice about their own friend Bobby. Right. For Christ's sake. <laughs> but whatever. Angel's the star of the show. I just think it was a little contrived. They could have let him find some cover to have that conversation. And it yeah. would have come off a lot more believable. I don't see Angel putting on tights. Oh, now I do, and it's really disturbing. Protecting young women such as yourself? Oh, yeah, there's been uh, four. And three of them are very much alive. So back to Angel Investigations inside the office office. Mm-hmm. Cordy's getting her med tech skills on. Yeah, she's patching up Angel. Wesley's <laughs> looking over Nabbit's demon sex photos. He's, he's looking over Nabbit's demon sex photos. They really need a George Takei for this scene. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I dare say, I knew tentacles were a fetish, but oh, my God, what am I even looking at? How many holes are there exactly? Well, she certainly looks um healthy. Uh, <laughs> what a- so what exactly would you call that position when there's three legs? <laughs> is, is there a tail fetish? What is she doing with that tail? You can't do that. <laughs> this could go on all night. <laughs> Obviously, Wesley, you can do that with a tail. No, but it's so <laughs> uncivilized. <laughs> but yeah... It's just hilarious to me because his line is, oh, my. And Angel just goes, oh, it's upside down. (laughs) And he turns it over and there's a pause before he says anything. And just his facial expression gets much more distraught. Yeah. It turns from bemused to, oh, somebody light a candle and get me an old priest and a young priest. And then Cordy's pa- like finished patching up Angel, and she's like, "How how does that feel?" And Wesley's like, "Well, I can't imagine that is pleasurable." Angel just l- glances over and he's like, "Oof!" <laughs> <laughs> like, my God, I want to see these pictures, right? What what are they doing to that poor man? <laughs> he wanted me to do it. <laughs> he paid this. He paid for this. <laughs> no, really, he did. But in all honesty, we do not kink shame here at Ale with Angel. Not at all. If that's shit you're into, well, that's shit you're into. I mean, I do if it's funny, though. <laughs> that's that's it, though. When Angel stands up, he's like, oh, because he's in pain. And Cordy's like, do you want to see the money again? <laughs> well, I mean, no, 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 I'm good. And then so he he divvies up what they need to be doing and everything. He's going to... He tells Wesley to find the kids' hideout. Yeah. Because they're going to get themselves killed. You'll shoot your eye out. Yeah, pretty much. 
right? I'm like, come on, though. They're calling them kids. They did not seem like kids to no. me. I mean, there were some younger kids there, but Gunn is definitely a fucking adult. They looked like they were in their 20s, but that's just casting, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, Angel's going to go hunt the vampire nest because it should be nearby if they've been at war this whole time. Yeah. But he, he walks over to the elevator. He's like, they should be nearby. They'll have sewer access. So he's going to go head down into the sewer and he, he gets to the elevator and he's like, oh, can I just see that check again? I just want to see that check one more time. <laughs> yeah, you know, actually about that check, I would like to see that yeah. again. Thank you, Cordelia. I just want to know that this pain is very <laughs> worth it. It seemed unreasonable at the time, but now it's sounding like a better and better suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Because like we said, money fixes everything well most 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 things things. most any problems i currently have that can't be fixed by myself yeah except being a super awkward nerd if you're a billionaire and you're still a super awkward nerd you know i would just be so relaxed and confident if i were a billionaire at that point you can't tell me that there isn't like for fuck's sake an acting coach or something that he could talk to that could help him work through (laughs) shit or a psychiatrist. Like, right? Like, seriously. Well, he's getting there. He's working on it. He's going to be just fine. <laughs> I don't know. Then again, look at Papa John. Nobody likes that fucker. Oh, Owner yeah. Of Papa John's Pizza. Yeah. Big old douchebag. Well, he's also racist. But he's not just nerdy and meek. He's a douchebag. Can't, yeah. can't fix that. And racist. And racist. <laughs> so, fuck that guy. Still, though, money fixes most things. Yes. Cut to... Villain 101. I wrote Vampire, but that works too. Yeah. So the lead vamp, who apparently his name's Ty. Um, <laughs> Whatever. Is I thought it was Knox. Who the fuck knows or cares? Who cares, mainly? He's generic baddie 1A. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. He wants these kids off his lawn real bad. Yeah. They're on my lawn... I never had issues with kids on my lawn until we all got weak and pathetic, and especially this dude right here, and I'm going to kill him because of it. Yeah, the people I used to eat used to be, you know, working class schlubs, and now they're just trashy street urchins that are fighting back, and I don't like it. No. I said no. No. And who fucking kills their number one right-hand man to illustrate a fucking pun? He's like, you gotta go for the heart. Pfft, dusts the guy. See, like that. We gotta go for the heart, because they're not afraid to do that. So, yeah, which means instead of picking them off one by one, they're just gonna go hit them right where they live, literally, Yep. and kill as many of them as they can. That's a solid plan. I mean, it kind of actually is. It really is a solid plan. And why did it take this long for them to go like, hey, guys, maybe we should go raid their lair. Right. Like maybe we since we know where they live. Well, I guess and they sleep sometimes. It was the ambush that really pissed them off. Yeah. Like they're fine with being picked off occasionally because they're clearly psychopaths that don't have feelings for anyone or anything. Well, yeah, they're vampires. They're vampires. Normal vampires. But uh, this ambush has really got them razzed. Yep, you're not- razzing my metasmum. <laughs> they're regular vampires. They're not the broody, tall, dark, and handsome kind. God damn it. Rex, stop reminding me how 
Brutal Angelus. <laughs> so brutal. <laughs> yeah. So cut back to Gunn's hideout. Yep. Yeah, we get a short little uh, scene here of Gunn, Elena, and Chain debating Angel. Um, Elaine is like, hey, this might actually be helpful to us. Who is he? Why is he so dark and broody and mysterious? What are his motivations? <laughs> can, can he be trusted? Is he useful to us? I do not know. What does he look like without a shirt on? <laughs> that is a Inquiring very learnable... minds want to know. You know, I would also like to know that, Alana. Let us find out at some point in time. Or it won't be long, I'm sure. At the very least, he can be used to take down other vampires, preferably shirtless. <laughs> Cut back to the vampire nest. Yes. Where Angel wanders in, but there's nobody there. There's nobody there. And then he just casually steps out of the way of a vampire literally trying to get the drop on him. But there is one vampire hiding in the rafters doing that whole I'm clinging to the ceiling by nothing trick. Yeah. Angel steps to the side just as the vampire falls to the floor. So he not only must have celerity, but also some absolutely kick-ass extrasensory perception. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, like being able to hear or feel the most minor vibrations, like a vampire's muscles nearing exhaustion. I don't know about you, but if I've been tense too long, like in my hands or something, and they start to relax, there's I get this creaking sensation that I feel like I can almost hear. Yeah. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh dude, I've 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 been there. Yeah. I've been the muscle I get the muscle creaking in my neck. Yeah. Cuz of all the tension headaches and shit that I get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's almost a relaxing sensation. Not for me. Mm, that sucks. But I do get the creaking. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Anyway, me too. <laughs> anyway, this vampire literally Drops to the floor. He was trying to fall on Angel, I presume. Yeah, I mean, he, he tried to get the drop on Angel. Or he just work. ran out of tension and couldn't cling to the ceiling anymore. Either way, Angel leverages this moment to interrogate the fuck out of him. I like to think that the dude had commitment and he was really going for the attempt to get the drop on Angel. Either that or he was attempting to fly. <laughs> And he just failed to miss. He didn't have a good enough distraction. He threw himself at the ground and he failed to miss the ground. That's a Hitchhiker's Guide reference, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. That poor bastard. <laughs> Try again. Try again. Yeah. Try not to turn into a flower pot before you hit the ground. Yeah. Or something. Something about a no. whale and a flower pot falling. I forget. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. It has apparently been way too long since you've read that. It has. I thought I had a copy of it, but I can't find it. I lost it. I must have given it away. I used to have a copy, and then I loaned it to somebody, and then she lost it. That's how that works. Judging by your uncomfortableness, I would say you're either about to ask me out on a date or you need a favor. Well, see, the thing about detectives is they have resumes and business licenses and last names. Pop stars and popes, those are the one name guys. Cut to the hideout. Back to the hideout. Oh, I hate this trope. Gun is such a badass that he doesn't need to eat. Right. Yeah. Everyone fucking needs Ugh. to eat. They're fucking homeless. They're homeless and they have already mentioned that they struggle with food. And that and she's like, Oh, come on, you need to eat. And he's like, Oh, I ate. Felt like 
just yesterday. The way I took it was he's absolutely hungry, and I just don't think he portrayed it this way in his performance. But I think what was intended to come across here was he's very hungry, but he's taken a hit for the team so that other people can eat more. Yeah, that makes sense. That's that's but, really what I think was going on. Um, but also, like, dude, you're leading a war against vampires. Might want to keep your fucking strength Might up, need buddy. your strength, definitely. Stop being an irresponsible douche. But anyway, Alana's busy goozing over some groceries that they managed to pick up or steal or something. Yep. And she's so happy that they're going to have a nice dinner. And she's so fucking innocent. And then... And eating plain bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so sad, really, it when really you is. think about it. And uh, turns out Angel's not the only one with some ESP going on. No. Because... Gun calls it within about 10 seconds to spare that they're about to get ambushed. And he's like, get everybody out right now. I smell bad shit happening. <laughs> I smell fuckery. <laughs> and he sure did. Yes. Alana's like, why? And he's like, don't fucking ask questions. Do it. And she does. Tells but everyone to run. That was a precious two seconds wasted, though. Yep. And she gets everybody the fuck outside. Then smoke bombs start flying through the windows. And, uh, you know, which are forcing everybody outside anyway. They didn't really need to be like, everybody get outside, because nobody wants to stay inside where there's smoke bombs going right. off. Well, the, their plan is kind of a good plan, because they're like, hey, get outside in the sunlight. It made sense at first, definitely. It didn't work out very well for him, though. Yeah. Uh, no. Gun is waiting bit. for the imminent onslaught, because he's expecting them to, like, bust in through the windows or whatever. And start fucking him up. Yeah. But then it doesn't come. And he's like, oh, fuck, we did exactly what they wanted us to do. Yeah. And he realizes. Played right into their hands. Just a second too late. And he hauls ass upstairs as fast as he can. Gets outside just in time to watch him grab his sister. His fucking sister. They pull up in a van. A van that may as well have free candy written on the side of it. Cheese sandwiches. <laughs> and they're all wearing long heavy coats, long sleeves, hoods, and gas masks. Yeah, it's it's full sunblocking gear that is also terrifying. It really is. They looked like pandemic Nazis. It, gas masks in general have that kind of feel to me. Yeah. Where it's just a bit too out of place. And then you combine that with some curb stomping boots and some Nazi gloves. Yeah. And some leather trench coats and you got yourself some scary shit. Yep. They gr And they, they grab her, they throw her in the van, they get in and it peels out. Gun jumps up and he runs up and he jumps onto the back of the van. Just in time to see them taking some bites out of his sister. Yep, and he can't... There's nothing you can do at that nope. point, really. And and Ty... Uh, I guess they're not zombies, so there you know, is something you can do, yeah. but he still can't get into the van right. to well, do anything. And Ty actually punches Gun through the back window of the van, in knocking the face him off. Through yeah. the window, yeah. Knocking him off the van, and the, he's gone. They're gone. Fuck, man. And she's pretty much gone at that point. And he knows it. Yep. I mean, I think he's in denial about it for a minute, but we'll get to that later. Cut back to an alleyway in Angel's car where Cordelia is enjoying some willful ignorance. She's pretending that she smells salty air and seeing sandy beaches and hot lifeguards instead of a dreary 
smelly alleyway with a hobo pushing a shopping cart. Yep. Wesley, on the other hand, is diligently searching for the kid's hideout by looking for illegal power line taps. Honestly, it's fucking brilliance on his part. It kind of is. He knows they're not going to live without electricity. So they they would have to have some sort of plan for it, and... I don't know, an ex-roommate of mine did that for six months. Oh, God. After I did her the favor of leaving the power in my name, and then they immediately got it shut off by not paying it, and then took... Six months? Yep, they went six months without power, and then took three or four years to pay me back. Wow. <laughs> hey, at least they paid you back. Because you can't get that shit out of your name. Try it sometime. Consumers' yeah. energy fucking sucks. Yep, and they have a monopoly. They sure do. Yay. Because they're classified as a utility. It's a government monopoly. Yep. <laughs> and what? you must be the monopoly guy. <laughs> do not pass go. <laughs> do not collect $200. Man, we're getting a lot of them in today. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so Wesley's like, how about you go talk to that man with a shopping cart? And see if if he knows of anybody matching the description of these kids. And I'm going to go find some illegally tapped power lines. And then Cordy responds, uh, why don't you ask him and I check for taps? And I'm like, first of all, Cordelia, <laughs> do you know, do you have the first clue how to look for a power line tap? Right. I know I don't. And I'm way more tech savvy than you. I might be able to, but I've also helped my dad do a lot of rewiring and shit like that like over the years. Illegal power taps? Come on, say it. You can yeah, say it. Yeah, a little it. bit. <laughs> um, but, like, there's no way Cordy would know what to look for. No. no way. But Wesley has an excellent response. He says, because you can imagine him as a scantily clad buff young stud, while I am stuck with the naked truth. <laughs> And I'm like, that was a good response. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Way to way to throw her bullshit right back at her, Wesley. <laughs> exactly. Cut back to Gun's hideout. Man, Angel just gets him gets himself invited right the fuck in real quick. Right the fuck in. It wasn't Chain, was it? No. no it was one, one of, it was one of the other guys. I don't know what guys. his name was. Whatever. Anyway, he uh some guy keeping watch in the hallway. Angel grabs him and he's like, invite me in. Next shot. We see everybody working on making stakes and weapons and shit. And he runs and he's, they see Angel and the guy's like, all right, I suck. Fine. Yeah. And I'm like, really? I don't think they've really got their finger on the pulse of the mentality of street kids. Right. They would never be like, okay, I suck. There's, yeah. there's a lot of things going on that are mentally unhealthy, but self-deprecation is not really one of them. No, it was kind of so, funny, but yeah, that's where it stopped. The gist of this fucking conversation is really just Angel going, "Oh, it's a bad idea to storm the vamp's lair. You're all gonna get killed. You're amateurs. You don't know what you're doing. You're in over your head. I'm the adult. You should listen to me." And Gun going, "You're not my real dad." <laughs> yeah, we don't need some middle class white guy who's dead to tell us how to live our lives or some shit. You're not, yeah, exactly. You're not my real dad. <laughs> One of his lines, though, towards the end of this conversation, the fucking, I was like, what? He replies to something that Angel says with, I'm always on my own. And I'm like, bullshit, you're always on your own. You have a full building worth of people. Yeah, seriously, you got a fucking. I'm always on my own. You got a fucking bullshit. army, bro. The whole fucking story of this episode is how you've been taking care of your sister your whole life. Right. Fuck you. You're not on your own ever. 
But, you know, I guess he means that he doesn't have normal societal assistance. Yeah, I, I guess. guess. Like, then I don't know. But yeah. But anyway, I couldn't believe Angel didn't, like, wear a bulletproof vest. <laughs> right. He's just wandering into this den of vampire slayers. How many holes is he going to allow himself to get this fucking episode? Enough. I don't know. Enough to make sure that he feels bad for an extra couple of months. <laughs> right. Keep some broody. Yeah, he's got to charge up those brood muscles. Yeah. <laughs> Angel's like, so why can't we just work together? I just, I could only picture the fucking SpongeBob meme here. <laughs> but why can't we just work together? <laughs> and I have no idea what SpongeBob actually sounds like from that episode. I've only I seen no the meme. But that's what I imagine. And Gunn treats it about as seriously as if he had just seen the Spongebob meme. Yep. Because Gunn pulls the blinds open, shining direct sunlight onto Angel's face, making him stumble backward into an old meat locker. Yeah. Where they lock him up and they fuck <sighs> off. God damn it, Angel. How the fuck do you get yourself locked in a meat locker? Get your You're shit together. You're several hundred years old. Several hundred years old. He's very naive for a 250-year-old man. I guess. <laughs> Fucking 250-year-old dangerous vampire foiled by a meat locker. Dangerous owned. <laughs> so, there's still a place in this world for traditional research. A solitary soldier such as myself recognizes that a free exchange of intelligence benefits the common struggle. Also, I brought in your mail and newspaper. Cut over to the vampire nest, or just outside of it anyway. Yeah, which uh, the gang drives up at night. Who the fuck goes, hey guys, let's go to attack these vampires in the middle of the night. At night, when they've got the complete upper hand. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, you go, you you take out layers in the daytime. But whatever, poor decisions. Here they are. They've been made. Gun tells the crew to hang back while he makes some more poor decisions. <laughs> yes. And goes in to check it out alone. With a steak. A steak. Like, one. That's the only weapon he has. That's all he needs. He's <laughs> just that hardcore. And if he's not back in ten minutes... Just wait longer. Oh, wait. No, come in and kill everything. Yeah. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? That just made me think of the line, a line from Firefly. The captain basically tells uh, Zoe, second mate, that you're captain while I'm gone or whatnot. And if I'm not back in such amount of time, you take this ship and you come save me. <laughs> <laughs> and Zoe replies, what? And risk my ship? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh, I need to rewatch that. I really do. Yes, you do. Might save it for when we're out of Angel and Buffy, though. Yeah. And then we'll have something to to podcast about. Yeah. So, I would be so game. Right? So anyway, Angel was not wrong. These dipshits are way in over their head. What a dumb decision. You guys wait here. What? Yeah. You're storming the fucking castle, dipshit. Whatever. So, wander, wander, wander. He's wandering around in there by himself. Big old badass gun. And who should he find but his sister? Who's dead. Not, hey, but not really dead. Hey, you're not dead. Oh, shit. No, you're totally a vampire. You're totally dead. Oh, fuck. And, and she's like, I'm not dead. Oh, don't feel sorry for me. I'm stronger and faster and better than ever. Want to see? I and just wanted her to have the line of him saying... You're dead. And her going, 
No, I'm not. <laughs> hey, you're a vampire. No, I'm not. No, uh. So she. Rag- I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> exactly. So she ragdolls him across the fucking room, like you do. Now he knows what Bobby felt like at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. And I just wanted him to be like, like a baby. I wanted him to fly across the room saying, "I'm not a baby." <laughs> It just would have brought everything full circle. (laughs) (laughs) Not the baby! (laughs) Oh, God. (sighs) (sighs) Uh, And we cut back to the kids' hideout. Yep. Where Angel's banging on the doors of the meat locker. Man, of all the times when you really, really need... A sugary beverage. I feel like that's a euphemism for something. Banging on the doors of the meat locker. (laughs) Hey, hey, quit banging on your meat locker doors in there. You gross fucking teenagers. (laughs) You. (laughs) Mom, I said never to come in while I'm banging on my meat locker doors. I don't know. There's a joke. There's a <laughs> joke in there somewhere. What do you mean in there? You found it. I found two of them apparently. You did quite well. <laughs> anyway. Gold star. <laughs> Yay! So he puts his fist through the wall. He's like, "Man, maybe I'll make more headway if I stop banging on the door and start banging on the wall." And I'm like, uh, "Okay." And the very first section of the wall that he starts banging on, it crumbles to bits in only a well, couple of punches. He notices that the door is made of metal and the walls are made of wood. Yeah. Vampires can punch through wood. Makes sense. So he starts punching through the wood. Just don't punch through it with your chest. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's pretty much that. And he punches through it and finds some metal lattice work. Yep. And he's like, "Hmm, I can work with this. What? He starts tearing at that. Starts tearing at that. Cut back to the vampire nest. Yeah, where Alana is going on and on and on about like you how do. amazing like, it is to be a vampire. I'm yes. so alive. <laughs> I'm going to be alive forever. But I'm also a sociopath. It's great. I don't feel guilty about anything. You want to kill me? Do it. I bet you can't because you got all the guilt. And I ain't got any. I ain't got any guilt now. I ain't got... Okay, we're done with that. Yeah. And cut back to the meat locker. <laughs> Angel's almost there. He's got his hand through the wall. He just can't reach the handle. He just can't quite give that meat locker a reach around properly. (laughs) (laughs) But it's okay, because Cordy and Wesley are there to finish the job. And Cordy gives Angel a hand. The reach around. Just a hand, right? She opens the door. Yeah. (laughs) She steps inside. Closes it behind her. She doesn't, actually. Angel she, Angel comes out. She didn't have any Snickers on her, though. So no. they just came right back out. Yeah, a- Angel comes out of the meat locker. And they're like, did you forget that you have a cell phone again? And he's like, oh. Sh- shut up. <laughs> no, this is one of my quotes of the day, goddammit. Okay. Cordy's like, they lock you in there, huh? No, I just love old meat lockers. Wesley says, you should have tried to call us on your phone. Oh, you probably forgot you had it. Angel says, uh, those things hardly ever work. Besides, it was a lot easier and uh, quicker to just... Look, I'm the boss here. I say when we use the cell phone and, and, and people are going to die and I have to go. <laughs> he storms off and Cordy just goes, you're welcome. 
<laughs> I really wanted him to look at his phone and be like, and they never have service anyway. Oh, I have full bars. That's exactly what I was expecting. I have full bars right now. God damn. <laughs> Steps back into the meat locker. Well, fuck. <laughs> it's actually even better reception over here. <laughs> Is is the meat locker like extending the antenna? This is weird. <laughs> Thought it would have been interference, but it's actually amplifying the signal. Huh. <laughs> anyway, he's he's got to fuck off to the vampire nest. Yeah. He's like, "Hi ho, vampire, bad broody man, away!" That was way too happy. Hi ho, va- I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> I I can't brood that up. Fuck you. <laughs> I can't blame you. <laughs> We're back in the vampire nest. Yeah. Alana is still busy regaling Gunn with stories of their childhood. Yeah. And how he always watched your back, and it's all heartfelt and shit. And now it's her turn to catch him while he's falling. Don't you want to stop falling, Gunn? And now I'm going to turn you into a vampire. And it's going to be amazing, bro. Pucker up. Say goodbye, fucker. And Gunn's like, no, you're not. He's like, okay. Goodbye. Stabby, 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 stabby. Yeah. Called her bluff. She's like, you want to kill me? She's fucking dumbass. You can't kill me. Don't give him time to stab you. Right? She was just, just, she was like right there next to his neck, like, (laughs) like a fucking (laughs) Halloween chatterbox toy. It's like, for fuck's sake, don't play with your food. Right? Eat your food. You don't play with your food. Also, it's getting a bit sexy there. And your brother and sister, let's, you know, can we hold off on the... What is well, it? Flowers you know, in the attic. Vampires. She has no morals. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a vampire. I mean, I know I've said this before, but vampire Lestat. First thing he does is turn his mom into a vampire and fuck her. So once you're a vampire, all rules are off the board. Yeah, doesn't matter anymore. They're evil, blood sucking fiends. So, well, except Angel. Anyway, she's dead. Yep. Uh, he dusts the fuck out of her. Angel's there behind her, dark in the shadows. As her dusty remains fall to the ground. Indeed, Angel is revealed in a very broody silhouette. Yes. He's like, let's get out of here. <laughs> and at that moment, Angel sensed that the brood is strong with this one. And Gunn knew what it was to brood. And he saw the brood in Angel, and they lived brutally ever after the end. <laughs> oh, wait, well, there's more. Shit. Angel looked right at him, and he's like, that's good brood material. God damn it. That's good broody. He's got to be so sad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Need to rub my nipples while I brood over his broodiness. So, so, so after Angel and Gunn live an eternity in each other's eyes over the span of three seconds, Gunn's crew comes barging in only to realize that, guess what? It's a trap! Yeah, they're immediately surrounded by all the vampires. Who would have thunk it? And just like Angel said it would happen, the other vampires were just baiting them, and now it's all fucked up, and they're all fucked. Yeah, and Angel starts to negotiate a truce. Yeah, negotiate, hard air quotes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Angel talks them all into a truce by killing the leader with a sucker stake to the chest. And see, now that's how you fucking do it, douchebag. No fucking hesitation. You don't kill your own fucking people. It was, what a dick move. Yeah. It's like, now my buddy Russ over here, 
He's been alive nearly as long as me because he's smart. <laughs> now he's dead. Yeah, I guess he wasn't smart enough. Because I needed to illustrate to all of uh. you that that's how we're going to kill them, you see? That was so dumb. So, yeah, but Ty is like, who are you? Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? He asks Angel who he is, and Angel fucking kills him and says, name's Angelus. <laughs> Which... That's the first time we've ever heard him prefer the name Angelus over Angel. I honestly think it was a conscious choice on his part because of the chance that the other vampires had fucking heard of him. They've heard of him. Yeah, that's a good point. Neat. I was actually a little disappointed that they didn't show anything hinting that the other vampires had fucking heard of him. Well, the couple of the other vampires looked pretty meek at the end here. They were like, okay, I guess we'll go. But that that could really be just like, well, I'm a super young vampire and this dude was around for 80 fucking years. Yeah. And he just got killed that easily and, it, and maybe it, I should run away. Yeah, it looked like a couple of, of the vampires were former kids from the group yeah. that they had added to their coven or whatever, their nest, whatever you call it. So uh, he's all like, don't fuck with us, leave now and never return. Um, all scar-like is very uh, a lot of Lion King references in this one. Yeah. So strangely, Chain seems to have a bigger problem with this than the vampires. Well, I can kind of see that. He's like, like truce. Uh, we can take him. And Angel's like, and yeah, not without taking a couple of you. And it's like, which is a valid point. Chain's like, gun. You came all this way, and you're not gonna kill any vampires. And God, the brood is strong with this one. Yes. He looks at Angel and goes, I already did yeah oof because it was and, and angel's like oh oof you know my young padawan <laughs> <laughs> i will teach you the ways of the brood the student becomes the teacher damn <laughs> like well angels not only killed his sister but also the rest of his family yeah so. oh grasshopper we have so much to talk about yes so the gang f- is like well, all right, I guess we'll go. And the vampires are all just like, oh, okay, I guess we'll go. Fucking Chain is all dressed up with nowhere to go with yeah. that goddamn lit flamethrower. I'm really fucking disappointed <laughs> that they went through the trouble of making a prop flamethrower and nothing gets fucking flames thrown And we didn't it. get to see a flamethrower, I know. It's like, that thing looked badass. <laughs> it looked very Fallout to me it did yeah it was like a homemade yeah flamethrower job there it was pretty neat you know that's exactly what chain was thinking he's like i didn't get to set anything on fire jeez i have to go extinguish this and he didn't even get to use it (laughs) whatever angel got his jollies he's like god damn it the broodiness is so strong with this one yes and thus the brood war began that's the real war in this episode. <laughs> the real war, yeah. The, the brood war. <laughs> I'm with Wolfram and Hart. Everybody should have a lawyer like this. Mr. Winters shall never be convicted of any crime, ever. Should you continue to harass our client, we'll be forced to bring him in the light of day. I want that stricken from the record. The place I'm told is not all that healthy for you. Cut to the next day. Where Next day. Cordy and Wesley are hanging in the park. Starting some wrap up. <laughs> yeah, Wesley's bemoaning his whipped cream covered coffee. I asked for a coffee. I know it's in here somewhere. Yeah, and yet he continues to drink it with a straw. 
and it's just supposed to be a regular coffee. Yeah. He because he's at scra- one point though he scrapes off a fucking ton of the whipped cream. Yeah, he scrapes off most of the whipped cream, and he's still drinking it with a straw though. Yeah, like alrighty, whatever. So <laughs> Cordelia is bemoaning her poverty-stricken lifestyle. This fucking it, conversation is gold. It's cringy, kind of, really. But it's gold cringe, man. Yeah. It's like, it is, I was laughing my ass <laughs> off. Well, she's simultaneously recognizing um, that there are people who have it much worse than her. Yes. But still bemoaning that she's basically got no money. Wesley goes, it certainly gives one a sense of perspective, doesn't it? Cordy says, yes, it does. And I think, prospectively speaking, I might want to prostitute myself to billionaire David Nabbit. <laughs> you know, or not. You know, I think I could learn to love him. What I mean is, he's a nice guy who wants companionship. I could use some security. So when I say prostitute, I mean is... A prostitute? For instance. <laughs> yeah. God. She just loves money so much, but there's one thing she loves more. Class and style and cool people. So she's not yeah. completely superficial, right? Well, Wes is like, do you really think you could? And she says, I don't know. I could probably learn to love him. Looks aren't everything. Or chemistry. Personality. That's important. That makes up for a lot of other... It's not on what's on the outside that... Yeah... Never mind. Yep. So money's not the most important. I'm fine here. <laughs> Poor. Alone. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is an important moment for Cordelia. We find out, she finds out that money is not the most important thing. There is, Again, in fact. She has, she's had one of these moments before, and it was when Doyle was still around, yeah. and she dated that twaffle briefly. Oh, God, she went on yeah. one date, and he ran off that like, fucking a, guy. like a little scared bug when the demon showed up. But yeah, like she's she's found that there is a certain amount of selling herself that isn't worth it to her. Yeah. Well, good for her. Definitely. In that same line, if that's what you want, if that's all you need is the paycheck, I mean, honestly, David already pays for it. If that's the consensual arrangement yeah. that you have with David, fine. Do Go it. for it. I think that would make David very happy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it wouldn't make her happy. No. No. And that's really what the problem with this equation is that it wouldn't make her happy. He'd probably be super happy. Oh, yeah. She's gorgeous. He doesn't seem capable of separating, I made these friends because I paid the money, and I made these friends because of my own merit. Well, even in the previous scene with the check, Wesley was even like, you paid us to be here. Like, what? But we're not like we're not friends. You you pay. We were your employees. Yeah. And David didn't fucking. He's like, no, it was great though. Yeah. It he, was still special to me. Yeah. It was. It was kind of sad, but also it was like good for you. I guess. I don't know. Fuck it. Cut to the abandoned building portion of the wrap up where Angel <laughs> sneaks up on a brooding gun and is like, "Hey, that's my job." Gun's like, "What are you doing here?" Fuck off, white man. I ain't need no talking to. Ain't nothing changing around here. But Angel's response is perfect. Mm Mm-hmm. Skulking. (laughs) Professionally. (laughs) I'm a professional. (laughs) Anyway, Angel doesn't give him a talking to. He doesn't condescend and talk down to him. 
He's like, yeah, I know. But I'll be around. And he's like, yeah, but I don't need your help. Fuck off. But then the most important thing that happens this episode, Angel's like, no, but I might. Yeah. You're so fucking broody. I can't pass up that kind of talent, you beautiful broody bastard. <laughs> then Angel's like, I'll just celerity myself out. Right. <laughs> He used it a lot in this episode. He did quite a bit. Yeah, I Gun, liked it. Gunn also takes it really well. He's like, oh, he's gone yeah, now. He, well, he done fucked off. Back to brooding. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's in like Flynn, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, Angel fucking loves this man as he should. Yeah. And vice versa. I think Gunn's got a little man crush on Angel already. As he should. Game recognizes game. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You... You know deep down inside that you are a true dark brooding force of nature, and you see someone else who is the same true dark brooding force of nature. Takes one to know one. Yeah, you just see it. There's connection. Gerarg. Ger fucking arg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Strength. Give, 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 give me more. Nights I shall give, walk in the dark. You've got something here. Well, how did you feel about this episode, Rex? Honestly, I fucking loved it. And I think this was one of the significantly better introductions of a new character that we've had in both Angel and Buffy. Yeah, I it obviously took them a few episodes to figure out what the fuck they were going to do. You know, they brought in Wesley as an emergency replacement for Doyle and they made it work. It was kind of rough for a minute but he's really coming into his own and now they're like well it's time to get some characters into this new tv show that aren't from buffy the vampire slayer and good choice oh yeah and the the guy who plays gun he's really fucking good actor yes um i'm a i'm a little sad to see that like his range in this episode not great well but it, it definitely was not a reflection on his ability it was just the because i mean we don't have any time with him yet sure so it he was like his part was very one note also but, god when you're coming in to a production when everybody else has been there already for nearly a whole season but on top of that in care in those characters for more than that yeah like Wesley was has been in that role for two seasons now. And Cordelia been, and Angel have been going yeah. for four years now. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot to live up to. And I think he absolutely held his own. Oh, definitely held his own. And he's got all the time in the world to grow into his role. I really liked this episode. I thought it wasn't a big fucking heavy, like, holy shit, emotional roller coaster like the last couple that we've had. Sure. But it was a solid fucking episode. Great introduction to a character. And just had some of the funniest fucking moments. Definitely funniest (laughs) moments. Also, God, I was just, I was never bored. There was only that one moment where I felt like anything was contrived. Sure, the villain moment where he stabs the the other guy felt contrived, but that was really just to be like, yeah, that makes you hate the villain just that little bit more. The only thing I felt like was contrived was when they didn't kill Angel right out the bat, but that's forgivable. Obviously, you can't kill the main fucking character, and it served its purpose, but I was never bored. Nope. 
it was a it was a very realistic juxtaposition of extravagant obscene wealth versus inner city poverty. Yes. And that's clearly what they were going for and I think they succeeded. I also wanted to make note of the fact that this is really the first time that they show us a part of the reality of LA, in-universe reality of LA, where Angel doesn't know everything. Yeah. He's still fairly niche. Yeah. I think that's going to be one of the best things that Gunn brings to the, the show, is like, Gunn's been fucking in the trenches for years. Also, I was so happy that it seemed like at first Angel was going to step in and be all daddy figure and gun even literally says that at the end of the episode you're gonna daddy me up here and they specifically avoided that we didn't want the middle class white man coming in being a know-it-all telling people how to live their lives and they specifically i think did a great job for the most part of steering away from that even when he was like it felt like he was gonna be like well i need to go save these kids from themselves but he was still just like, I need to take out these fucking vampires yep. because these kids are in over their head. And he wasn't wrong and he wasn't too overly knight in shining armor, look at me, uh, big white fucking well, savior man. And he, at no point, at no point was he like, oh, you can't do this. No, his point was, you're going to probably pull this off, but a lot of you going to die. Yeah. Like the cost of what you're trying to do is way higher than you guys are realizing that it is. And he it really brought it together at the end when he's like, "No, I'm I'm not going to try and help you if you don't want help, but yeah. I might be asking you for help." Yeah, and I I did also like the fact that we left gun on the the issue of what is he going to fight for? Because he even said to Angel that his sister was his reason. Like, that's, that's why he fought. That's what kept him going. That's yeah. what kept him going. So now, when we've left him, he's in this place where he he's without purpose. Yeah, now he's got some real shit to work through. Yep. Like, he can avoid grieving for Bobby. He's still got his sister. Yeah. But he's going to be fucked up for a while now. That's a close bond that he will never truly completely heal from i think my only qualm a tentative qualm with with the way this episode played out is that it is the third episode from the end of the season well i think that's okay though because they're setting us up really well right to have a whole lot more to work on in the next season and that's why i say tentative qualm because i Fuck if I know what the next two episodes are. I don't fucking remember. Yeah. So I don't know if Gunn plays a part in those two episodes. But I feel like I want to have more time with this character. And I kind of wish they had brought him in a little earlier. Actually, I wish that this episode and the previous two episodes were pushed a little closer to the middle of the season. And we didn't have quite some of the filler. Yeah, there was too much filler. And I wish... Joss Whedon had had this epiphany sooner, but unfortunately he didn't, and this is what we get, uh, because it was literally the episode before Faith came on, where he admits that he had no idea where this show was going, and now finally it's got some direction. Hopefully they do some more with Wolfram and Hart. 
uh, because that's really the best hope that we have for an overarching uh, villain or a big yeah. bad at this point. And other than that, I'm excited to see where it goes. I agree. You got a quote of the day? Yeah, Rex, I've got a quote of the day. I'm going to go with David Nabbitt's exchange with Angel where he says, Are you familiar with Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> Angel responds, Yeah, I've seen a few. <laughs> that was just classic. I almost picked that. I did almost pick that. I want to give an honorable mention to Look Ma, No Hands. <laughs> that was fucking great. I'm going to go a little bit more on the serious end for my quote. Okay. Um, and I'm actually going to pick the the quick little couple of lines at the very end of the episode where Angel goes, I'll be around. And Gunn replies, I don't need no help. Angel says, I might. Mm. And just... That's an important line. It's so full of such beautiful potential. Yes. But... Since you gave an honorable mention, I'm going to give an honorable mention. No, don't do it. And that is going to be the entire fucking conversation about prostitution. <laughs> um, Because let me tell you, at this point, give me any fucking scene where you just have Cordy being Cordy and Wesley being Wesley and those two hanging out and interacting. Oh, they're great. It's Their chemistry has gotten so fucking spot on good. Yeah. I love them both separately, and then you put them together, and it's just, mwah. Yeah. Mwah. Yep. Definitely. Well, fucking doodle-doo. All you doodle-doos out there in doodle-doo <laughs> land, you've just sat through another episode of Ale with Angel. Congratulations. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. If you'd like to support us by buying some of our merchandise, we have a store at store.beerwithbuffy.com. Just plug that into the old interconnected series of underground tunnels created by your favorite ex-vice president, Al Gore. You're welcome. <laughs> if you'd like to support us financially without cluttering up your house and having a cool mug that you can drink from or an even better hoodie that you can wear, I don't know why you would uh, want to not buy those things, but if you'd like to not do that and support us anyway, head on over to patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. If you'd like to support us in a way that doesn't involve money, we understand. That's great. The best thing you can do is head on over to iTunes because that really, 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 really helps us both on the charts and also on the warm, fuzzy insides. Yes, those warm, fuzzy insides. And if you're just so horribly against iTunes and anything Mac-related, oh boy, we understand so much. I totally agree with you. Completely couldn't <laughs> couldn't agree more. <laughs> We're not Mac people. If you're a Mac no. person, great. But if you're not a Mac person, we understand. Go ahead and review us on whatever platform you're listening to us on, and then send us a link to let us know that you did that. Yeah. Because that's not a thing that we automatically get notified about. We would love to read it on the air. In fact, we don't even get notified about the iTunes reviews either, but we habitually check them is yep. the only difference. You can send us a link to that at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can also leave us a voicemail at 269-743-0783 or text us at that same number. As always, big thank you to JJ Treadway for all of our opening and transitional music. This has been Ale with Angel. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. Keanu Speed. Rames be with you. Thank you.
allowances for your years, but I expect a certain amount of responsibility, and instead of which you enslave yourself to this, this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs> done why are we watching this <laughs>